Friends, this morning our gospel text is from John chapter 1, the first 14 verses. Listen for the word of God for us this day. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him, but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks this day for your word. We pray that we might see and learn something new from it and take it into our lives. Amen. So much of our celebrations of Christmas is about traditions. Traditions in our families, and traditions that have changed over the course of our life, changed along with the other aspects of our life as our stages of life have changed. And so much of those traditions is about very physical things. The cookies, the recipes that we pull out, the decorations, feeling the felt of that homemade ornament that was made decades ago but takes us instantly back to Christmas's past. Thinking of people we love when we unpack a special nativity or a wreath or we smell that favorite recipe. These traditions connect us to memories while interestingly at the same time we're continuing to always add new memories. We're making new memories every Christmas. But in all of this, for most of us, it's hard to imagine December without Christmas. Now, without getting into too much of the history around the Christmas holiday, and particularly the, the winter celebration of it, I will say that really this holiday, as we know it in December, is not that old. In the early church, Easter was the primary significant feast day of the church. Celebrating Christ's death and resurrection was the focus of the church, and in many ways, even today, that remains the same. 
But by the Middle Ages, the the December celebration of Christmas had reached Europe and the church aligned the date with the pagan celebrations surrounding the winter solstice. The thinking was that more people would celebrate Christmas if it was around the same time as the festivals that were already happening. So people began celebrating Christmas with trees and garlands and even festive songs. And soon thereafter, the Christian use of the pagan imagery became the dominant association with these decorations. People would go to church on Christmas and then celebrate wildly with a drunken carnival-like atmosphere similar to Mardi Gras. The Puritans, though, were disgusted by this. They were disgusted by decadence in general, and so they tried to stop Christmas altogether, and certainly the wildness of it. And this trend spread to the United States, and the crackdown on Christmas was so significant that Christmas was outlawed in Boston from 1659 to 1681. Isn't that interesting? The Christians were the ones to outlaw Christmas. Next time you hear about the war on Christmas, right, remember that. The time it was illegal was Christians doing it. But you see, Christmas and all these traditions of Christmas, they've changed a great deal over the years and and over the centuries. And for many of us, the same is true in our own lives. Family have come and gone. Our tables have grown and shrunk. We've traveled, we've stayed home. There's been rooms full of kids and multi-generations and then intimate dinners for two or even one. Like our own lives, though, the Christian celebration of Christmas has also gone through these changes throughout time. There was a time before trees, and then there were no trees, flowers of one variety or another, raging parties, and then no parties, and then some partying. Change seems constant. But throughout all this time, from the very beginning, from the earliest celebrations of Christmas, the birth of Jesus has always been celebrated in some way around darkness. And it feels a little strange sometimes to associate darkness with Christmas, with Christ. But the reality is that Christmas is celebrated during this time of short days and long dark nights for a reason that predates our winter traditions and even predates those all-night ragers of the Middle Ages. But it's never been about the dark night in actuality. You see, the darkness has been a gift to amplify the light. Like those visceral memories of Christmas, for me it was the smell of Chex Mix cooking in the oven, the smell of my mother's spaghetti sauce simmering on Christmas Eve, large neighborhood gatherings always with the sounds of Sing Along with Mitch coming from the record player. These are ingrained memories that when they happen again, it takes me back to Christmas. And in the same way, darkness, the gift of darkness is that it points us toward light. We have to go into the dark to find light. 
Where I grew up, all of the streetlights in our neighborhoods were an orange color, an amber color. And that's because on a nearby mountain, there was an observatory. And in order to improve its performance, there's a need to reduce light pollution from the valley. Light pollution is essentially the reduction of darkness that makes it harder to see into the night sky. We've all experienced this at some point. You go out into nature, away from the city, and the stars in the sky are revealed in new and different ways. In darkness, light can be seen. In darkness, we see light. And sometimes those lights are small and can only be seen in that darkness. If we decided that this morning's service would be a candlelight service, it would have made no sense, right? The light would have disappeared. But last night, in this very space, as each candle was lit, the small flames couldn't be missed. Even one candle wouldn't be missed. John's gospel begins with familiar words that you've probably heard before, but words that at their outset, when, when we first hear them, they can be a little bit confusing. Words about the word and the word that is Jesus being with God at the beginning. John's words are somewhat poetic and they have to be read that way. I will tell you that for me, they draw me in, and I hope the same is true for you, that you take time and sit with them and allow God to speak through those words, and I have come to love these words. But I think sometimes in the church and in society, we tend to draw a lot of bright line rules. We don't understand something, so we push it off to the side and say, okay, that's not something I'm going to understand. Or we draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, I don't believe in this anymore. I may have been raised in it, but I don't believe in it. As though it's like a light switch. It's either on or it's off. But the reality of faith, the reality of our faith, is that the mystery of Christ started well before the stable in Bethlehem. And it started well before you and me ever came to be. And the mystery of Christ in all of that is that God entered the darkness of the world, even the darkness of our life, of our doubts, of our fears, of our worries, our concerns. God enters it to bring light, to bring joy, to bring love, to bring hope. This is an inbreaking that comes in the darkness, that is welcomed by the darkness. Jesus came into this world to be light for all people. Awake, all people, for your sake God has become human. Awake, you who sleep, rise up from the dead and Christ will enlighten you. I tell you again, for your sake God became human. These are words from a Christmas sermon preached by St. Augustine in the 4th century. In that sermon, he went on to say, let us then joyfully celebrate the coming of our salvation and redemption. Let us celebrate the festive day on which he who is the great and eternal day came from the great and endless day of eternity 
into our own short day of time. He has become our justice, our sanctification, our redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who glories glory in the Lord. Truth, then, has arisen from the earth. Christ, who said, I am the truth, was born of the virgin, and justice looked down from heaven, because believing in this newborn child, people are justified not by themselves, but by God. Not by themselves, but by God. These strong words declare the good news of Christmas, good news not just of the baby born in the manger, but of God's coming redemption of the world. God's redemption of the world that we celebrate every Sunday when we gather. And Augustine's challenge to us is to consider the impact of what God has done in becoming human. What God has done in becoming human. And then for us to not at all worry about what we could ever possibly do to earn our salvation. Because that's the good news for us today. God has done the work. God has done it. God has fulfilled God's promises of redemption of humankind. For the last 1600 years, Augustine's writings have shaped our understanding of who God is. And when it comes to the fulfillment of God's promises on Christmas, the words of Augustine bring something for us to consider today. Again, 1,600 years later, that no matter where you are in your own faith life, whether you would say you have no faith at all, or whether your faith has been tested, or whether your faith feels surer every day, these observations offer some perspective on how we approach Christmas, but also on how we can approach our lives. I think sometimes we act as though we graduate from faith, like we've moved on from trying to understand God. So many people have said either I've just accepted it the way it is, or they've said I have too many questions. I'm walking away. And some might just think it's just too much to try and understand. For others, they haven't found answers to their questions or a place where they could bring their questions in the church, so they've taken them somewhere else. They've gone somewhere else to seek the answers to the mysteries of their lives. When the church didn't seem to welcome their questions, they take their questions elsewhere. And this happens in a variety of times in people's lives. For some, it's when confirmation is complete. They've checked the box at church. For others, it's when the church doesn't seem relevant during life's transitions. But friends, the beauty of Christmas, the wonder and the mystery of Christmas, the good news of Christmas is that it is God who fulfills God's promise to us to always be relevant to us. Whether the church doesn't feel that way or, or it does, God is relevant. And we seek to be a place 
where we celebrate God's relevance in your lives, in our lives, as we worship together. You see, it's God who is unimaginably more faithful than we could ever understand. And friends, we can't stray from God because God has come to us and continues to come to us. And wherever we might stray, God is there. God is there. That is what we celebrate at Christmas. And this is indeed true and wonderful mystery. You see, the wonder of our faith, the wonder of this day, is that faith becomes less about what we believe and more about our willingness to take the chance to believe. Faith is about lighting our candles like we did last night, lighting our candles in the darkness, taking it from our neighbor, and seeing the small spark of our flame turn into a light shining in the darkness. And hoping hoping then that the spark that's within you, the spark we each seek and long to discover within us, hoping that the spark within us will shine too. A spark of hope, the assurance of all will be wellness in the world. This is Christmas. This is the Christmas, the nativity, that has been celebrated since those earliest years of the church. The mysterious welcoming of the light into the darkness. The light that came that we might know the one who created us. The light that would teach us and love us and hold us. The light that would come even when we find ourselves in our darkest night. For the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.